0: Hello. Hello again, everyone. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Yeah.
1: This is Ashley. And
0: this is Michael, and this is about a dog.
1: Yep. And um.
0: That's pretty much what the podcast is about. So if you touched this and didn't realize that it was about a dog, okay. Now's your last chance. <laughs>
1: yeah. And why the hell are you here? <laughs> um. A lot of shits happened.
0: Yeah, we've. It's it's been a very. Busy two weeks, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. Um, found out that the raven breeding probably didn't take, and that's incredibly upsetting.
0: Well, didn't we discuss this morning a potential, just getting finalization regarding that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking just to be on the safe side, just to cover my bases, that... Mm-hmm. Leading up to what would have been her due date, yeah. to just schedule an X ray, just to be on the safe side, because I would so rather, yeah, just to be on the safe side and whatever's, because she's still acting weirdo, weirdo. She's not herself. She's
0: acting more like her mother, yeah, more than anything else. And Which Alice was very precocious, always getting, trying to get in the trash can, you know, possessive over things, demanding, demanding attention.
1: And that's never really been Raven.
0: Raven's been more, if anything, independent. She's kind of doing her own thing, you know, not minding her own minding her own business, basically. Yeah,
1: and she's always been, like, the thinker type of dog, like, mm-hmm. where she wants to think and figure things out. Yeah. But she's never been like how her mother was, where it was that thinker personality of figuring shit out. And demanding your attention at all times. And if not, I'm going to fuck your shit up.
0: Just to get your attention. Attention, yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what Raven is being and hasn't stopped. And what's different here is... I would...
0: uh, It's like something has shifted, basically. Yeah,
1: and it's tough for me to say that... Oh, it's just hormones, heat cycle, yada, 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 yada. I have a hard time agreeing with that if she has never behaved like this after her other heat cycles. Right. And she never has. This is a total new change for her, Mm -hmm. and she's just, she's not being raven. She's being more like her mother, and it's weird. It's
0: very atypical for Raven, because each of the heavies have their own independent, individual personality. And they always have Al was the Diva Hound, Rolo was Goofy, Celine was plotting your death in one way or another. Yeah. And, you know, then there's Raven, who is basically just, you know, I would want to say aloof, but... Because, I mean, that would be too much like Alice, but at the same time, she was... Mostly caring about Ashley and wanting to just make sure that she was okay. Now it's more like, I want to cling to Ashley.
1: Yeah, and want to claim you as my own. Right. And You
0: that, are my human. Do never leave my sight ever.
1: And Raven has always been the type that would figure out random shit. Yeah. From the time she was a puppy on. Mm-hmm. But now she's figuring out random shit and then looking back at me and like, you see what I did there?
0: That that <laughs> side of for
1: approval, yeah, yeah, that side of her has never happened before. No, no. It's this always is... been like fine. You know, I'll figure it out. You know, you ask me to do something, we can figure it out. We can work on it. We can. I mean, she's got her her trick dog title. She's got mm-hmm. her CGC. So she's, you know, she she knows the ropes and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But she knows what is expected she's doing other things that Alice did. Where Alice knew how to manipulate and push your buttons. <laughs> and Raven's doing that shit that she has never done in her entire life.
0: That's true. Because I've never actually seen... In in the past few weeks, I've seen Raven put her head inside the food container and just go to town. Same with the trash can. Mm-hmm. That's atypical behavior for Raven.
1: But was... 100% typical behavior for Alice.
0: Absolutely, because Raven's always been the, the good one.
1: Yeah. I mean, her nickname is Sweet Baby Ray.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then there's Mean Selene. <laughs>
1: no, Sling Bean. <laughs>
0: I still like that. Yeah. It, it's a polar opposite. Yeah, it's and, and
1: for you know, um, so that's why I'm, you know, and, and we were at a show last weekend, um, Deku got his first reserve winner's dog,
0: mm. which was nice. Yeah, that was Friday.
1: And then everything went to hell in a handbasket after that. With the, with Raven, yeah. Well, yeah, but then the show experience, and I've never experienced a judge be down and outright mean mm. and rude.
0: And this isn't, you know, Ashley taking offense to something, no. This no. This is... This apparent woman went out of her way mm-hmm. to to be this way to both Ashley and to Deku. Which, for a puppy of his age, could set him back.
1: And it has set him back. It's not a matter of could, it has. And um, Deku got yelled at in the face mm-hmm. during the exam. Which, nobody needs that. No. Especially for a German Shepherd and this judge was saying that she was a breeder of German Shepherds for 50-plus years, which is fine and dandy, but that also tells me that this is how she treated her dogs. Yeah. And that's not acceptable in my mind. Yeah. You don't shout at a nine-month-old puppy in the ring that's looking for positive experiences. It would be understandable, not not well, and actually wouldn't even be understandable. It would be... One of the, It would be totally different if she was giving advice and all of that and I had entered Deku in a non-puppy class. Like if I had entered him in Ambred, Novice, Open, if I had entered him in one of those classes, but I didn't. I entered him in a puppy class. I entered him in the 9 to 12 month old puppy class for a reason. Because he's an inexperienced puppy right. that needs a judge to be able to understand that he's a puppy. He's learning mm-hmm. and absorbing everything and taking everything in. Because and then,
0: if you take a dog into the ring that doesn't enjoy the experience, neither one of you is going to be coming out very, you know, positive by the end of it.
1: No. And, um, you know, it's... Just not what he needed, and then the next day, he shied away from the judge. And I mean, we did have a good experience yesterday with him, thankfully.
0: Yeah, I think that more than made up for it. But um, yeah, it's it's still
1: it's it's one of those things now that because of the action of one judge, mm-hmm. I have to work and build my dorky confident boy back up again.
0: It's difficult. <coughs> oh, beg your pardon. It's a difficult task, but it's not impossible. Right. It can be done is my point. And I know that incident can upset you, which you have every right to, and everything you did in relationship to that incident, I, you know, is positive and I applaud you for it. But now we have to focus on him.
1: Right. And, you know, with what Michael's referencing is there was an A K C field rep there. Yes, there was. I reported what happened to him. Um, He then recommended that I contact the Judging Operations Department with the AKC, and I did. You did, yeah. And so everything has been done by the books in that regard. Yeah. And the AKC field rep did agree and said that there is no excuse for a judge to do that to a dog. And what to do you, any dog. Yeah, to any dog, regardless of the age, regardless of the breed, regardless of how they're behaving. Yeah,
0: he put a, a giant blanket on it basically yeah. saying, you know, any dog whatsoever, old puppy, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, and this is becoming a concerning trend mm. um, that there have been multiple reports over the past six months or so mm-hmm. of judges yelling in dogs' faces, pulling at dogs' faces, and things like that, and really messing with them. And we need to take a step back here. I mean, you know, for a
0: sport that already is declining in that there's not as many mm-hmm. younger handlers anymore, this is the last thing the sport
1: needs. Right. And one thing that I m- made it painfully clear... And my email to the AKC, and I think I mentioned it to the field rep, was if I was a novice handler, Mm -hmm. and this was my first show dog...
0: It also would be your last show.
1: It would have been my last show. I would have been crying. I would have left the ring. I would have told basically everybody that I could to avoid going to shows because they're mean and awful. Yeah. And that's not appropriate if a judge has gotten to the point where they feel that they can no longer that they no longer enjoy what they are doing, mm-hmm. are not physically capable of doing it or something along those lines, then maybe they need to retire. Yeah. Period. And in stark contrast was the day before where Deku went reserve winner's dog. The judge was happy. He was having a, great time, he was clapping he was humming, he was carrying on and making sure that everybody in the ring, regardless of experience and making sure that the dogs were having a good time, that it was a positive thing and that is what a judge needs to do Mm -hmm. a judge needs to make sure that both handler and dog are safe and having fun
0: Yeah, and Well, what I really liked, and this was on Sunday, Mm -hmm. was the fact that, I mean, you were upset, and that was obvious. Um, The fact that individuals, I mean, actually, technically, not just on Sunday, but throughout the show that I saw, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it was what a show was supposed to be because individuals rallied around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were individuals who were trying to... Console you, give you information, just basically just to be there with you and help.
1: Yeah, and make sure that, you know, we're doing things by the book and that everything that Deku is not destroyed because this, what happened could easily destroy a dog's show career forever. Yeah. And I'm determined to make sure that that's not the case. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, the support from all those that were there um, helping us, we appreciate it. Yes. We recognize you. Thank you. Um, it's most beneficial, and that is essentially what it should be like. That's what Not the, what that judge did, but what
1: the community as, a, as whole.
0: a whole basically responded.
1: Yeah, that's what it should be like. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of <laughs> what's been going on. Um, I think it's time we need to get into the regular meat and potatoes of the... Thing of the
0: yeah, getting to the different topic of the show because I was getting ready to bring up the eavesdropping steward, but you know,
1: (laughs) yeah, there's yeah, there is some (laughs) shady shit. Shady shit has been happening recently, you know. Yeah, Uh, ring steward purposefully eavesdropping over uh, between handlers'
0: conversation. Yeah,
1: me and uh, friends' conversation ringside. Um, Our regular local stalkers have been. Stalking and lurking my kennel webpage again.
0: And Ashley did address the issue yeah, on the I, webpage. When this drops, you should probably drop that link on the, that you shared.
1: Um, no. I mean, I no. think, I think if people are interested and want to find out more about it. You don't want to
0: make it as easy for them to find it. You guys
1: know my name and you know how. Hey, <laughs> all, right. all right. You know my name. Let's you know my measures. breed. Yep. And you know how Google works. Mm. I'm sure you can find it. So
0: certainly, have better luck finding Ashley than you do me, because I don't, I don't hear from anyone <laughs> from the show <laughs> at all. I really don't, and it's kind of. I'm not gonna say I'm hurt, but at the same time, I'm not surprised. I mean, there was this one woman. We went to Doswell beginning of August, and or, or maybe it was actually the most recent one, where she goes. She goes that I was basically your man or or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I I, I get that I'm there by association, but at the same time, I'm not a piece of meat. I'm a person! (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know,
1: it's, I mean...
0: You gave me shit last week, and it's like if you were more recognized in the dog show world, it's like what the hell is that supposed to mean?
1: Yeah, but I mean, there's uh, there's other things at play here, and there are advantages and disadvantages. There's an advantage for you being a novice and for you being relatively unknown because that the means what the hell, I'm
0: not even in that. I'm vapor as far as I'm well, concerned. To
1: be but there's with you. there's an advantage to it because then you can just go in undetected and just you know blend in and be fine. Perception filter. Oh yeah. Whereas, for me, there's a little bit more riding on things, you know? Yeah. And it's fine. I take on that burden. And to be and honest
0: with you, I prefer The Shadows more than anything else because in a dog show, it's never about me.
1: And that's... it To me, a dog show should never be about the person. It should always be about the dog.
0: Well, it's about you and the dog as far as I'm concerned. Um,
1: but, you know, for me... Sometimes the burden does get too much. Mm. Um, We can only do so much. Yeah. I know. We can
0: only go to the show site, do the best we can with the dog mm -hmm. of the day, and however the chips may fall, we have to live with it.
1: And burnout is real, guys. Mm. So Now, we're going to get back to what we need to. Ashley. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: What dog are we talking about today? Are we are, are we on a popular breed or a less know, well-known breed?
1: We are on a popular breed. Ah, we're
0: on that swing. Okay.
1: Um, We're going to cover the Bull Terrier. Okay. Um, I'm going to do the sources right up top as okay. per usual. Bull yeah. Terrier Club of America website. Bull Terrier, The Bull Terrier Club, which is the United Kennel Club. Not to be confused. No, with not the Bull, United. I'm
0: confused um, with the Bull Terrier Club. The Bull Terrier the Club. The Bull
1: Terrier Club, which is in the UK.
0: Which has more prestige, because it has the giant V in And world.
1: I think they're technically older.
0: Ah, with yeah.
1: retrospect. Um, and AKC website had some good stuff. And I think I put some other sources in here sprinkled throughout. Because in terms of breeds and stuff like this, this is one of those heavy hitter breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to touch on some tough and difficult topics.
0: Uh Uh-oh. They were affected by war, weren't they? Um,
1: yes, but we're going to talk about other aspects of the dog world and how certain breeds were developed that are less than savory. Oh,
0: indeed. The underbelly of the dog world, I like it. Yeah. Ashley's doing her homework, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Something we always say on this show, do your homework, research.
1: And we're going to be covering... The Colored Bull Terrier and the White Bull Terrier. We're going to save the Miniature Bull Terrier for a separate episode. Oh. Because they are technically a separate breed.
0: That's fair. And we so, want to give equal respect.
1: Yeah. And in terms of the history-wise, there's going to be some similarities in terms of history. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be some differences. And I want to make sure that those differences are emphasized and all of that. Gotcha. So, this is just the Bull Terrier that has two varieties based on color, Mm -hmm. which are colored and white.
2: Okay.
1: And to give kind of a background of what a variety is, Mm -hmm. a variety in AKC terms is a separation based on color, size, coat, and I think I'm missing another one. Color, size, coat technically wait for dachshunds but the thing here with varieties is that they are all considered the same breed Mm. and when you have that that means that you can technically interbreed them Mm. whereas if you have separate breeds then you do not interbreed. Like you would never, if you were to breed a bull terrier with a miniature bull terrier, Mm. it would be a mixed breed dog.
0: Not purebred.
1: Not a purebred dog. Now, historically, this breed comes from a combination of the bulldog, the now extinct white English terrier, the Dalmatian, and possibly some other breeds. And according to the Bull Terrier Club of America, there are still some extremes in type Mm -hmm. that you can see where, like, the bulldog type is a little bit more heftier and a little bit more rounded edges and stuff. The Dalmatian is a little bit more elegant. The terrier type is a little bit more feisty and and has that kind of snippier face and Mm -hmm. more, like, that fire and intensity. But the correct bull terrier type mm-hmm. should be a good blend combination of all three. Okay. So it shouldn't be the extremes. It needs to be the Some moderation. Ones, yeah. But this breed is defined... <laughs> Jesus, Rosie.
0: <laughs> I hope that microphone picked that up. Otherwise, we're laughing for nothing. Um,
1: but the breed is defined as having as much mass in a breed as possible as can fit in their skin Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but not fat it should be muscular Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so like there's they are a substantial dog for as small as they are
0: because the way you're describing it it sounds like um, I hate the fact I'm probably going to do an obscure reference for you but the the kingpin is he's supposed to be fat but he's not he's all muscle Mm -hmm. he's a big brown tough guy I think Vincent D'Onofrio, basically.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, the bull terrier that we know of mm-hmm. today um, was first exhibited at a show in Birmingham, UK mm-hmm. in 1862 by James Hinks. Mm-hmm. And originally, the breed was predominantly white mm-hmm. and is still known as the White Cavalier. Oh, wow. Um,. This breed was founded in the Victorian era, Mm -hmm. which is where a ton of breeds got their start. Um, The Industrial Age and the Victorian era are where you see this growth in the middle class and you see this expansion of breeds wanting and needing to do other different things and dogs being used for more companionship and looks and Dog shows are starting, and you start to see the standardization of various different breeds. Now.
0: Judging by your expression and the sound in your voice, it sounds like we're taking a hard left turn. We're
1: going to go into some tough subjects now. The original name for the breed was called the Bull and Terrier, which alludes to the combination of the Bulldog and the White English Terrier. Right. Bulldogs originally were bred to be bull baiting right. and were bred to go after an attack and bait bulls as a blood sport.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was outlawed in the 1830s, and when that became outlawed, things went underground.
0: Naturally, and as that things do.
1: Yes, and that is when we started to see dog fighting mm-hmm. and what's known as hitting dogs against one another.
2: Right.
1: And the combination of the bulldog's determination and the white English Terrier's agility made it I made this breed ideal for pit fighting. Mm-hmm. But the Bull and Terrier mm-hmm. that name
2: yeah.
1: is technically not a purebred. So it's a hybrid of 50% bulldog and 50% white English terrier. And this cross, mm-hmm. this one cross, led to the origination of what are known as pit bulls. Right. So, where you have this bull and terrier cross, you get this factions of the bull terrier, Staffordshire bull terrier, American Staffordshire terrier, and things like that. Yeah. That all had that unseedy origin story of Dog fighting and pit fighting.
0: Okay, that actually quantifies something I was going to ask. So, yeah. What? When you said putting these bulldogs in there in a pit, and it really was to, you know, fight. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I just just wanted to make it clear. I mean, Uh, Michael Vick territory. I got it. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's where this origination of the word pit bull comes from, is that you're pitting bully breeds together to fight.
0: It's kind of the stigma that was born with it as well.
1: Exactly. And this breed is impacted by that stigma unjustly.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So James Hicks, who, from previous, um, he was the first one to exhibit the modern bull terrier. Mm -hmm. He was able to refine the hybrid type Mm -hmm. by adding in Dalmatian, possibly some Pointer, and possibly some Greyhound. And this led to the breed going from this fighting rough-around-the-edges dog to a kind of buffed-out version, a more gentlemanly. Mm. uh, But they were still expected to be alert, active, muscular. Mm -hmm. But they were more suited for pet ownership and things like that.
0: Just to be a companion,
1: as it were. Yeah, just to be a companion, but still exude that air about them Mm -hmm. but just not truly act on it and breeding away what you'll hear in some circles as DA and HA as Mm. abbreviations DA is dog aggression HA is human aggression Mm. and a good bull terrier should have neither yeah but they will not back down from a fight, though. So that's bull terriers are the type of breed, they're not going to start the fight, but they sure as hell will finish it. It's
0: kind of the terrier kind
1: of Yeah, of... exactly. They yeah. have that terrier tenacity about mm. them. Whereas some other bully breeds can and will most definitely start that fight. Mm. But the bull terrier does not start it. Mm. That's just how they are.
0: So Essentially, like what you're saying, the majority of the time, the bull terrier is provoked.
1: Yes, there is an inciting incident. Mm. Um, the bull terrier now has a reputation of being charming, jovial, and quite full of themselves. <laughs> They're considered to be clowns. Um, They're the clowns of the terrier world. Um, sorry, Irish terriers, I know you guys like to claim that too. <laughs> but in terms of the those are the two clown breeds in the Terrier group. You've got the Irish Terrier, and then you've got the Bull Terrier.
2: Right.
1: And around the time of when they started to be exhibited in shows is when you started to see the um, most prominent feature of this breed start to develop. And this breed has an egg-shaped head.
2: <laughs>
1: it really does. It has a ro- what's known as a Roman nose, so... In terms of canine anatomy, there's a point where in, where the muzzle mm-hmm. meets the skull, and yeah. it's right by the eyes. Yeah. It's called the stop.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I've heard you mention that a couple times. And
1: bull terriers should not have one. Okay. So things are exaggerated, and the skull is actually pushed out, and it should just look like one long muzzle, mm-hmm. but it does resemble an egg kind of turned at a 45 degree angle right and another unique feature about this breed is that they are supposed to have triangular shaped eyes
2: Mm.
1: and when you think about it it's kind of like wait a minute how does that work but when you look at a bull terrier and you see their eyes you're like oh shit they have triangular shaped eyes. And it's not saying that their eyeballs are mm-hmm. triangular. No. No, no. no, no, no. it's the actual skin structure and bone structure around the eye that makes yeah. it look triangular.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is unique to bull terriers and also miniature bull terriers. Of course. Um, now, I said earlier that the breed for years and years and years was predominantly... White,
0: mm-hmm. right? I think it was mentioned at the top of the conversation.
1: Staffishable terriers were added to a breed to add color,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and probably had to do with a lot of war and strife, and just people saying "fuck it," you know, we gotta, we gotta do something to save the breed. Mm. Um, which so it we, wasn't done out of a
0: whim; it was done out of necessity.
1: Yes, that Be- makes sense because. You cannot recreate the Bull Terrier anymore. You,
0: like Because the Cavalier?
1: No, because the, the White English Terrier mm-hmm. is extinct. That breed does oh. not exist anymore. No. So when you, if those of our long-term listeners are. are thank ha- you, by the way. Yes, thank you. Remember our Extinct Dog Breeds episode? That was a dark day. Dark time, we'll probably end up doing another one maybe next season.
0: Ashley had to, had to take some time. I, I just, needed a moment. She, she needed to get to a happy place real quick.
1: Um, this is why it's critical to preserve these breeds, because you cannot recreate them once they go extinct. So the White English Terrier does not exist anymore. Right. So if the Bull Terrier goes extinct, you don't have the original... Founders of that breed to possibly work to recreate it. Right. And even though, yes, we still have the bulldog. Mm -hmm. The current bulldog that we see today Mm -hmm. looks dramatically different than what the bulldog from the 1860s and the 1830s looked like.
2: Right.
1: Because they were more workmanlike and actually they kind of resembled now. The theory is that they kind of resembled... American Bulldogs and a breed that's kind of in development um, called the Old English Bulldog. That's kind of sort of what we think that they look like, but we're just not truly sure. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why that they probably added in Staffordshire Bull Terrier blood was to make sure that this breed didn't go extinct.
0: Well, I mean, they have to do something to preserve... The breed and not mm-hmm. let it go it's extinct. I mean, some unfortunately have fallen by the wayside because of you know time and humanity's you know, faultlessness.
1: Yeah, and in some cases, it's because they lost a job. Mm. That's just the nature of it.
0: Yeah, I can, I know how traumatizing that is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: I, it, it, I say it in jest, but it is. Yeah, exactly it is. That. It is a trauma. Um,
1: now, this breed. When I say it's a heavy hitter. Here's why it is a heavy hitter. Are
0: you gonna tell me how many like how hard it's gonna hit or something? You know, no, X no, amount of pounds per muscle No, no, or no, no, like no, that. no, no, no! In a
1: fun way. In a fun way. This breed is iconic. When you look at them, you're like, oh my god, I've seen them everywhere. I know, mm-hmm. you know, and you have seen them everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: This breed has been owned by President Theodore Roosevelt. Granted.
0: Teddy, he was one of my favorites.
1: Granted, he also owned what resembled as a Teddy Roosevelt Terrier, mm-hmm. yep. and that's why the breed is named the way that it is.
0: Uh, after him, and to honor him,
1: I and, think. Yeah, and to honor him, him, he did not found it. He no. just owned a dog that looked like that. Yeah. Um, one of the more famous owners of this breed is General George S. Patton. Ah,
0: uh, yes. The iconic uh, soldier in front of the flag thing. Yep.
1: Yeah, And appa- apparently, I think you're going to love this little story because it's funny. Okay. Apparently, Patton's Bull Terrier belonged to a fallen RAF pilot. And, and the dog's name was Willie. And Willie got in a fight with Dwight Eisenhower's dog. Mm-hmm. And Pi- Patton said that his dog, Willie, was outranked and would be confined to his quarters. <laughs> I like that. That's clever. Um, Now, this is a source that I haven't used before on this podcast. Oh my god! And I kind of love it. Mm. No, Aston. Yes, you just woke up. Oh goodness!
0: Daddy laughing loud. I don't like it.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Damn it! You need to just not lay in that box when we're recording,
1: dork. I'm coming dark. So, the this source that I use, I've never used it before. Right. But according to IMDb,
0: I'm sorry. What?
1: Yeah. According to IMDb, Bull Terriers have been in the following movies and TV shows: Toy Story.
0: Well, they needed one for uh, the neighbor's dog, right? Scud. Yeah.
1: Frankenweenie. Both. Oh,
0: okay, that's the Tim yep. Burton.
1: Film. Yep. Yeah. Both versions, the original short, and then the oh, other. Yeah, okay. I got you. Um, movie called Patton, Good, yeah. obviously. Duh. Um, movie called It's a Dog's Life. No. I remember that one. Another movie called The Incredible Journey. That sounds familiar. So, what people of the millennial generation might think of The Incredible Journey. They may think of Homeward Bound.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Homeward Bound is technically a remake of The Incredible Journey. Journey,
0: Go figure.
1: But Homeward Bound used an American Bulldog instead of a Bull Terrier. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. They were in the movie Next Friday. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> one of the
1: papers had one they, they were stealing from
0: him, I remember now <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, they were featured in the miniseries Oliver Twist
0: I know, I, I actually haven't seen this but I know they actually did a, a remake of Oliver Twist with a very modern twist with Michael Caine <laughs> and um, what, is what is her name? I want to say Lena Headley, I think, is
1: her name. Mm -hmm. She
0: was also in it. It looked interesting.
1: Um,
0: Daddy, not now, Aston.
1: They were also in the movie Babe Pig in the City. Take the pig. (laughs) I
0: remember. That was the dog, wasn't it?
1: Yes. (laughs) Take the pig. (laughs) Uh, In the movie Baxter, in the TV series Black Sheep Squadron, Uh and in the TV series Keen Eddie. Now, in Oliver Twist, in every single version of Oliver Twist, be it play, the original Dickens novel, Mm -hmm. movie, whatever, the character Bill Sykes owns a bull terrier named Bullseye. Mm -hmm. Notice, I did not mention another bullseye because the bullseye from the Target ads is actually a miniature bull terrier. Uh, Today, the Bull Terrier is a versatile and enthusiastic breed that can do it all. Mm -hmm. The first Bull Terrier to win Best in Show at Westminster was a White Bull Terrier in 1918. Mm -hmm. Named Champion Haymarket Faultless. The breed wouldn't win Best in Show again Mm -hmm. until 2006.
0: Jeez.
1: When Champion Rocky Top Sundance Kid, call name Rufus the Colored Bull Terrier won. The first and only Bull Terrier to win Best in Show at Crufts was in 1972, and that was champion Abraxis Audacity.
0: I was right. It was uh, Lena Hetty, she plays Bill Sykes.
1: Oh. In the 2021
0: thing. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking stuff up here.
1: So after Rufus, the Colored Bull Terrier, won Best in Show at Westminster, he went on to be a therapy dog, and an ACE winner. So ACE is Award of Canine Excellence the American Kennel Club gives out, mm-hmm. and there are various different um, categories um, like police work, uh, general companion, therapy dog, service dog, and I, th- I think I'm forgetting one. Search and rescue. That's the one mm-hmm. I was forgetting. Um, and Rufus won the ACE award for his service in the therapy dog category. Um, We have had ace nominees in the house. That's true. We have three ace nominees. Mm -hmm. So Alice was an ace nominee in the service dog category. I think it was like
0: one of the first years that they uh, did it. We handed out.
1: Um, Rolo was an ace award honorable mention winner. Mm -hmm. And this year... Raven has been nominated for oh, an Ace okay. Award. Gotcha. All three in the service dog category. Of course. Um, now, for Rufus, the entire dog world mm-hmm. mourned his passing on August 9th, 2012. I remember that day vividly because everybody in the dog world just loved him. I mean, this dog had a blinged out collar... With rhinestones that said Rufus on it. I mean, and
0: that sounds definitely custom.
1: Yeah, and he he was the epitome of what a good bulldog should be, Mm -hmm. and was just jaunty, having a good old time, loved everybody, everything. Great dog, Um, and he was one of those Westminster winners to win like after like social media started and so his passing really touched the entire world because of the social media media presence and everything like that um rufus is in the pedigree of a lot of bull terriers going forward so his legacy does live on um according to in terms of health though um as we always say do your homework do Do your your research research, everything according to the orthopedic foundation for animals their chick program which is canine health information center um the recommended health tests for this breed are patellar luxation Mm -hmm. cardiac evaluation congenital deafness and kidney disease evaluation Mm -hmm. jesus who is that? It sounds like Rosie. It honestly,
0: does sound like Rose. That sounds like her crying. It
1: does sound like her. Let's do a check on the camera. Well, I
0: had it on camera, and during that time,
1: no, it's not. It's Raven. It's Raven. Raven that's doing this. It's Raven, imitating, being needy. Well,
0: I mean, I gave her ample time this morning. I know she's she just was been... the first one to want to come
1: out. She she hears us and she wants to be in the thick of it. She's just has a need. <laughs>
0: Immediately my head
1: went to TikTok when you said it. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Um, so this, the test listed on the Chick program mm-hmm. are, should be a baseline. Yeah. For what a breeder should do for bull terriers and what they test for. However, mm-hmm. they can have skin issues and are particularly known for having obsessive compulsive disorders. Oh, great. And one thing that they are known, and the I think both bull terrier clubs on both sides of the pond
2: mm-hmm.
1: are working to find a genetic trait for the particular bull terrier one yeah. where they obsessively chase their tail. <laughs> Sounds funny.
0: Look, it, are they looking to get rid of it? Or
1: They're trying to figure out why it's happening. And when I mean they obsessively do it, yeah. they will spin in circles and hit walls. Like, it's not good. It's like
0: like our happy tale that we have to deal
1: with. Yeah, like, it's bad. Bull Terriers can also get lethal acrodermatitis, which is a wasting disease seen in young dogs.
0: Sounds like it's dealing something related to the skin.
1: It does. It causes, like, a thickening and cracking of the skin, and it's lethal. Um But thanks to the American Kennel Club's Canine Health Foundation, Mm -hmm. the Bull Terrier Club of America, and the Bull Terrier Club, there is now a DNA test for it. Oh,
0: nice.
1: So breeders can actually test for that gene Mm -hmm. and breed away from it. Oh, even better. Yep. If you get a bull terrier from a responsible breeder, Mm -hmm. please make sure that they are mindful about both health and... And temperament.
0: This goes back to what we always say. Do your research. Do your homework. ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions, yes, honestly. Yes, and ask points. somebody's an expert, that doesn't mean you shouldn't shy away from questions. It means you should ask them questions. Ask them, what are you doing? Hi, daddy. No, 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 no. Hi, uh, daddy.
1: And, and ask them the tough questions. Yeah,
0: be prepared for that sort of thing. They should be. They're yeah. the experts.
1: And they should be willing to answer them.
0: And if they act with, like any particular type of like they're offended or anything like that mm-hmm. turn around
1: walk away and in some cases run away <laughs> because if they're if they're not willing to answer questions about known diseases within the breed like if they're not able to say S- for so many generations or offspring that they've produced has had the obsessive tail chasing or um, have had other temperament issues or other health issues. They need to be able to say yes, no, maybe so.
0: Yeah, answer the hard questions.
1: And they, if you get one, they'll you'll have a blast. Mm. However, another tough topic. Yeah. This breed has been impacted with. Breed-specific legislation are also known as BSL. And some housing restrictions.
0: Yeah, I actually recall um, filling out documentation for an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. How they certain dog breeds are not permitted in yep. certain apartment complexes. So it's along that vein, I think.
1: Yeah, it is. And certain homeowners and renters insurance companies will deny you Mm. if you have certain breeds or they will jack your premiums through the ever-loving roof um
0: i actually can tell a story similar about this particular breed i don't really recall what the dog was Mm -hmm. but when i was working at petco i was at the register it was a sunday and they were very very busy and this old woman sees this dog and just gets petrified and will not move further. And she actually started yelling at the owner, talking mm-hmm. about how I that that's a vicious animal. I'm not going anywhere near it. And mm-hmm. needless to say, you know, they an argument ensued right there in my register. I tried to just like just leave it alone. There's like st- they told me to stay out of it. And I was like, Jesus, sorry for helping you for nothing.
1: Well, and that's a lot of it. And y- with Most any stigma. Yeah, and when you have a breed that's impacted by breed specific legislation, especially a bull terrier, where in many instances it is unjustly labeled that right. way. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier, they will not start a fight, they will finish it. Mm-hmm. But they will not start it.
0: And this so dog was just sitting there, cute as could be. Yeah,
1: and a lot of people have it in their head that bull terrier equals pit bull. No. No. Could not be further from the truth. Mm. They are not a pit bull. No. They are a separate breed with a separate history and have been bred away from the pit fighting. And when I mean bred away, I mean over a hundred years. Whereas you have some breeds like... American Pit Bull Terriers, American Staffordshire Terriers, where you still see them coming in from pit fighting situations.
2: Yeah,
1: um, which is horrifying. Mm -hmm. It is most of the time bull terriers. You're never going to see them in that situation because that's just not in their nature.
2: Right.
1: To do that anymore. Now, here comes the final question. Would you own one?
0: Who answered this first last time? I think it was you, actually.
1: I think so. So it's your turn.
0: Uh, Well, you said they are high energy?
1: They're high energy. They are exuberant. Hmm.
0: Which means they need a job.
1: They need a job. They are wonderful performance dogs.
0: This would open up, I guess, additional avenues in the AKC for you, would it not? It would. You know, in the performance area.
1: Um. Yeah, it would. It, it's definitely one of those things that they can do it all, mm-hmm. and when they do it all, they do it all with gusto, and it's fucking hilarious to see. Um.
0: I would be open.
1: You would be open to it. Yeah,
0: mostly for those particular benefits, as well as you know, you know, as a companion animal.
1: And I'm going to go ahead and say this right off the bat.
0: There are some, there would be issues relating to a couple of our dogs that we already have. Like, Kemper wouldn't be able to go out with this dog.
1: No. Um, But there's there's a distinct difference between Michael and I. Michael is Mr. Terrier. You throw him a Terrier, and nine times out of ten, he's going to be like, yeah. (laughs) He loves Terriers. That's just, that's how he is.
0: I mean, you know,
1: I can't help it. I mean... No, it's and, and it's just, fine. Yeah. You throw me a terrier, and I'm about kind of 50-50. <laughs> this is where we disagree.
0: Mm.
1: Would I own one? They're a bit too much for me. Fair enough. Okay. I see them at shows and performance events. They're fucking hilarious. I'll never forget, we were at, um, like a lure coursing trial. Mm-hmm. And it was a bull terrier's turn to come up to the line.
2: Yeah.
1: And they had to bring the dog, they had to keep the dog in the car. <laughs> <laughs> until First off, it was <laughs> until it was its turn. Because it would wind itself up and yeah. rev itself up to the point where it was screaming and losing its fucking voice. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. But that's just not something that I want to deal with on a day in, day out basis.
0: That, that sounds like very high energy. I wasn't quite fully aware of that when I was making my statement.
1: They also have a trait that they are known to be, like, little linebackers and love to tackle their people. Yeah. And when they're full of muscle,
0: mm-hmm. your
1: ass is going down. Down, Dino, down.
0: Take it easy, boy.
1: And I, I deal with that enough with Hamilton's. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Well, I mean, they don't try to knock you down, though. That's. that's... Well,
1: Hamilton's, they will try and knock your ass down in the snow. Yes, they will. Otherwise, they're pretty chill. they just kind of like, hey, let's have a good old time.
0: I seem to recall was laying in the snow for some dumb reason and next thing you know I hear your voice and then Selene and Raven are on the (laughs) face. Both faces are on either side of my face nose to nose and I can't see a thing. We have a picture somewhere of me getting up afterward laughing.
1: Yeah, and just imagine that.
0: Raven remembers apparently.
1: (laughs) All the time and Uh, bull terriers like to take you out of the knees.
0: I don't think I could handle that.
1: (laughs) 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 And so that... I, I respect the living hell out of the breed. Oh, yeah. I think they're hilarious. I would love to go to their national specialty. Their national specialty is called Silverwood. And I want to go one year. Just for the fun.
0: The name alone gives me pause.
1: Oh. <laughs> it took you a second. Yeah, I was like, wait, huh. Oh! It took you
0: a second to figure out why I would have a problem with it.
1: Really? <laughs> um... So yeah, no, I wouldn't own one. It's that's just they're they're a bit much. Like <laughs> you see them, and all you see is this muscular bundle of energy, and they just kind of like vibrate. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really good one in the show ring. Yeah, they when I say they are jaunty, mm-hmm. they relish in it, and they're just like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, guys." Um. So, yeah. Uh, You can... Please rate, review, subscribe.
0: The metrics help us. They really, really, really do. Um, Find us on Twitter, aboutadog1. uh, Instagram, at aboutadogpod. The email, which if you want to communicate with us through there, please. We prefer through the email or other social media. Mm -hmm. Aboutadogpod at gmail.com.
1: Facebook, aboutadogpod. And as always... Go hug your dog.
0: They love you. I'm going they to yell you. at Raven now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tell her to shut up. But we love her though.
0: Yeah, no, no, we do love her. Absolutely. But sometimes she needs to shut the fuck up.